what's going on how y'all guys doing welcome to another edition of joe's crime stories i know it's been a while since i have uh did any recording uh you know i'm trying to keep it on a regular schedule but i promise you i will try to get y'all two good uh stories that or cases excuse me that will blow your mind this time that'll make you say you appreciate me going in depth doing what i do if it's your first time tuning into the broadcast on the youtube side hit the like button hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell up top please like share please like and share now with that being said if you on my podcast on any of the apple um, podcast the google podcast or the spotify do me a favor and rate this particular episode uh four to five stars so it'll be in rotation so that way we can get more people to come to the podcast and check it out now since i've gave you all of this let's jump into today's story and we're talking about isabella guzman now isabella guzman if you haven't heard about her she was the young lady that went viral on tiktok around 2015 but before she went viral on tiktok in 2015 with the facial expressions that she made in the courtroom there's a whole backstory of how she even got to that point now like i said before this month of september we are going to be promoting parasite if you don't know what parasite is it is the cases of um, kids whether it's adult children or teenage kids or young kids who kill their parents that's correct kill their parents or parent so please be a part of this uh parasite month to check this out so that way you can get a little bit more in depth of how that is so enough of that let's jump into the story so isabella guzman was born around june of 1995 it doesn't really say her date i didn't go into look up her uh information publicly too much it's very vague when you get to that point i had to wet my whiskers but uh she uh, was the parents of what you call Robert Guzman and her mother, which is young me Guzman Hoy. Okay. Now her mother at the time and father were together, but some way or another, they got a divorce because her mother was into doing extramarital affairs with side pieces and one of the side dudes she was having extra a marital affair with she wound up marrying which was roy hoy now her husband on the other hand uh her ex-husband which was uh robert guzman uh took decided to take in isabella guzman when she was around about seven because her mother at the time had a lot going on and wanted to make sure that her daughter 
was well taken care of and also maintained a good bond with her real father. Now, during this time, it was stated that uh, Isabella and her father, Robert Guzman, were like two peas in a pod. They loved each other. She was a real daddy's girl. They got along. Like the bond was like super, super extraordinary with each other. Now, somewhere along the lines, I guess the mother either requested her to go back to the home or maybe the father decided that it would be good for her to come back to be in the custody of um, her mother, which was young me Hoy now. But either way it goes, around about 13-ish, when she turned 13, she went over there to her mother and her stepfather. And let's just put it to you this way. From then on, it was explosive. Uh, she was rebellious. She didn't want to listen to what her mother had to say. She would be aggressive with her mother. They would have arguments. But... After she dropped out of school around about 17 and when she finally turned 18, it got more intense because now she was chilling with friends, having a good old time, partying, even had a boyfriend and she was slipping the boyfriend in and out of the house on the regular. I'm talking about as soon as her mother went to the store that she owned, which was Bella's at the mall early in the morning, she had her boyfriend coming right through the window and then as soon as she saw her mother come in late in the evening working these long hours she had him going right back out and this went on for some time to finally the neighbors was getting tired of seeing a grown behind man slipping in and out of a window and they just put on game one day and say listen uh young me i want you to know that uh your daughter got her boyfriend coming in and out the window okay like tom when you come in he's getting out the window heading out so just want to let you know that this is looking real damn awkward <laughs> so when young miho heard this she was furious like any other parent would you know hey you know you're at my house all day you don't have a job you're not in school anymore you're not approaching or trying to achieve a ged man some gotta give so she went and confront her daughter like any mother would do when she feel like her daughter was disrespecting her and that's when it all started going crazy upstairs her her and her daughter was getting into it while she's trying to tell her daughter that hey this is not how you're supposed to do someone that's paying the bills and making you comfortable in the place that you're staying at she basically responded by being aggressive to a mother and spit in a mother's face. Now, I don't know where y'all from, but, you know, not to even get off topic, but if I would have spit in my mama's face, let's say I wouldn't be able to do this broadcast ever again. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to joke on the situation, but I'm just being real. So, either way it goes, uh, it got so bad that uh she just was fearful you know young uh hun mean young uh young mihoi was was fearful she didn't know what to do at this point so she went to her husband roy said roy stay with me 
I'm, I'm sleeping downstairs. I need you down here with me. I don't feel safe because of my daughter. So while that went down, okay, and in that situation went down, I'm trying to give you all, all the facts here. Give me one second. I got to go to my notes. So get back what I'm saying. But anyway, uh, it wasn't downstairs. Her mother decided to sleep in the bedroom, which I don't know what they said. She had a, uh, the husband to sleep in the bedroom with her, which I think that's kind of strange. Cause I would think that if they're married, they were already sleeping in the bedroom, but Hey, in none of my business, I don't know what they had going on, but that's what she asked him to do. So, well, uh, after that incident went down, She, the next fall, now this happened on that Tuesday, a couple, like I said, it's all a couple of days before the big accident, the big uh, accident happened. The next day, her daughter wrote her an email and the email said, you will pay. Think about that. All right. Your daughter spit in your face. She done got aggressive. You're already feeling uh, fearful for your life that you had to have your your husband sleep with you beside you to keep you safe which i would think that'd be normal but like i said whatever i digress and now here you get an email from your daughter saying you will pay because you told her that she can't have a boyfriend slipping in and out of your house while you're at work man i don't know where she from but where i'm from this would not be good i just like i said before so, with that being said, the mother freaked out. She showed her husband, Roy Hoy. He asked her what you want to do. She said, I'm calling the cops. So, she called the police. Now, I don't know what the whole, um, what she was trying to achieve for calling the police. I was thinking in my mind that since young me hung was so afraid of her daughter, that she probably called the police thinking that they would look at that as like a terroristic threat because it was all emailed to her and that she would possibly go to jail or, or, or stay up, spend a couple of days in jail, maybe cool off and maybe rethink about her actions. I think that what the mother was really trying to aim at here. But instead, the cops came out and they were like, yo, young me, listen. Young me ho, we you know, uh, young me ho, we gonna talk to your daughter. And when they went to talk to Isabella, they were like, "Look, um, Miss Guzman, you know, you can't be acting crazy on your mama like this. You can't be uh, using threatening words, and you can't be spitting on her." Which, by the way, in the way I'm from in Georgia, if you spit on somebody, that's considered assault. So I don't even know why she didn't even get arrested for that. But they would have been, they, you know, they like, yo, you know, you got to calm it down. She can kick you out anytime. You're not a child anymore. You're 18. So I would suggest for you to chill out and do what she say or things are really going to get very awkward for you. 
I guess that's kind of what that conversation went like. But either way it goes, they were like, all right. She was like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna behave. I'm going to be good. I'm going to do what she say. I don't want no drama. Blase, 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 blase. So after that went down, okay, the next thing uh, happened was her father, Robert. He went and sat down and talked to her. Robert Guzman. Robert was like, listen, honey, it's your mama. You know, this is not your house. You got to respect her rules. You cannot have this boy coming through all times of the day while she at work. You know, you got to understand that this is how it is. You got to be a lot more uh, compassionate and a lot more understanding of your mother's rules. Now, Robert Guzman said when he told his daughter this, sit down, she was looking like one straight way, and she was acting like, you know, while they were looking one straight way in the backyard, she seemed like she was getting it. He felt like, okay, I'm making some headway. My daughter's listening to me. It's going to be okay. (sighs) Well, it seemed like it was far from being okay because... They said that evening, it seemed like everything was calm, and she stayed in her room for the rest of the evening, didn't bother nobody. I mean nobody, okay? Now, now, after that went down, let's see what else happened after that. Give me one second here. I want to make sure I'm good. So the next day, it was a regular day. All right. Mom went to work. Daughter stayed home. Stepfather did his daily whatever he did. You know, everybody having their daily routine. Now, this is now the next day after all this went down. Now, after this happened, okay, uh, the father was like, the stepfather was sitting down, uh, you know, came home first. He went to eat dinner, all right? And then while he's sitting down to eat dinner, I guess that his wife was already either home or might have, he greeted her at home, but she was upstairs. Now, she had closed the shop down. I think she was telling him that they were, she was going to go back out to the shop. She might want him to go with her. But I don't. I, I digress on that part. I think that's what they said. I got to re-look at it again. But either way it goes, he's sitting out. He's eating dinner, and he hears a thud upstairs like this. He's like, okay, I hear this thud. What's, why, why, why I'm hearing a thud? So he goes upstairs to investigate to find out what's going on and when he investigate to see what's going on he said that's when he hear his wife in the shower uh calling out his name and so he hearing her calling his name out real loudly so he trying to get in the bathroom and here you got while young um with young me hung ho um hoy is in the bathroom screaming out for Roy. Her daughter, Isabella, hurry up and puts all her body weight against the door so she cannot let Ryan Hoy in. 
Now, I've seen pictures of Ryan Hoy, guys. And please don't think I'm trying to critique anybody about, you know, how to protect their family or their, or their wife or whatever when there's a situation like that going on. But this young girl was very small. Like, I've seen pictures of Isabella Guzman. If you see her whole body uh, figure, uh, height, the girl is not that uh, small. And Ryan Hoy is a grown man who seemed like he was medium built, like he had a, a decent muscular frame for a standard man. I'm quite sure... He could have hurled all his body weight and could have overpowered this girl out from the front of that door. Because if her mother was screaming for help and she went against the door, that means that uh, young Mihoy probably was still alive or might not even got um, assaulted yet. So he could have easily overpowered her. That's what I was thinking in my mind. And she could have could have brought her senses back from doing what she was doing and he could have restrained her and had his wife call uh for help but again i don't know the situation i don't know what was going through his mind but that's just what i would do you know what i'm saying i'm again i'm not uh, striking this guy because everybody you know when you see stuff like this they always said uh, especially in the military that you either gonna fight or flight and it's in his mind he couldn't get in the door the normal way he wanted to, so he did a flight. He hurried up downstairs. He called 911. Now, while he's calling 911 for help, okay, he said he, he was on the phone with his wife. He thinks she was being attacked. And then he rushed back to 911 because they was telling him to find out what was going on back to the bathroom and when he did that's when he heard his wife say Jehovah and that's when he saw all this pool of blood okay all this pool of blood rushing out on the floor and not to mention too he see his stepdaughter walk out in like a trance with the murder weapon in her hand with nothing but a bra and shorts and just nonchalantly walk out, walk out past it. Just walk outside, just kept walking. So this man is horrified. So he's doing whatever the operator is telling him. He's giving CPR. And while he's trying to give CPR to his wife, he sees his wife cut and open, man, on her neck like somebody was trying to fillet a fish. Like, dude, it was gruesome the way they described the murder scene. And I don't have pictures, and I wouldn't want them even, even if I did, I wouldn't even show them over here because you know how you, the tubes are. Uh, but anyway, by the time the uh, emergency services got to the home, got there, they declared young me hoy dead 47 years of age dead now the stepfather is shaken up messed up he's got
got to talk to the police. He's telling them all about what he could remember with his uh, stepdaughter, trying to give them what his stepdaughter looks like. You know, he's got to be all in trying to give the, because he's the closest to the victim. And not to mention, too, after this happened, uh, people said that he, I think he even sold that house immediately because he was told, he told everybody in his family and her family he could never live in that house again. And I, I don't blame him. I mean, who could? Who could live in a house where your spouse, the person you love, got decimated, straight decimated by their daughter? Man, you, you can't make that up at all. So, meanwhile, this young lady, Isabella Guzman, makes her way to a grocery store, supermarket. Now, when she walks in, people seeing this girl with no bra on, blood covered all over her to her shorts, she telling them that she has just been attacked. Like somebody tried to violate her. Now, guys, listen. One thing I cannot stand in this world is when people use that term violation when it comes especially to women because women get violated on surreal note every day and they use it as a as a, a way to uh, get sympathy or to cop out for what they actually have done. I think it's disgusting. I think it's sick. And yeah, but that's what she did. That's what she decided to do. So everybody's like, oh, my God, no way. Uh, 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 we need to call the police. And she was like, oh, no, don't call the police because if you call the police, all right, they're going to kill me because they said that if the police is involved, they was going to come back and now finish me off. So don't do that. So I don't know what had happened at all that, but some way, somehow, uh, he had a nerve to, uh, she had a nerve to move along and get somewhere away from the grocery store and went to like, I don't know, a hotel or something. So either way it goes, they are on a manhunt for this girl. They can't find her. So. The Aurora Police Department came up with a great idea. They're like, listen, guys, why don't we just get y'all detectives in plain clothes? Let's, you know, search around surrounding areas of hotels, parking lots, car garages, whatever. And, you know, around that area where the last, she was last seen. And maybe, just maybe, she may think that y'all are trustworthy and come up and talk to you. And then we'll go from there. So... They went and did just that. So they went as uh, unclothed, as regular clothes officers. And while they was being regular clothes officer, they get a strange call. Said, hey, uh, there was a body found in the car in a garage. Okay. And South Parker Road. So they're like, oh, well, that ain't good. They thinking maybe this girl done did something to somebody else. So they rush over there and they found the car, but there was no one inside. And now 
when they found the items inside it, it believed to be the young lady stuff. So basically, she jumped in her mother's car, took the car, my bad, and that's what she was living in. She was living in her mother's car, in the, in the car of her mother at the time. So, and they searching for the garage, and they got these undercover officers now reaching. She was walking out of the garage. And when she was walking off the garage, one of the uh, uh, guys talked to her. I don't know what the dialogue was, but as soon as they had a dialogue uh, with her, they realized, yo, this is the killer. This is the girl we're looking for. So when she started walking towards back to the parking garage, they started following her. And then one of the officers cornered her, and then they was like, are you... Isabella Guzman, she still got, they got the pictures showing it's her, and it looked just like us, she told me, oh, well, it may look like me, but that ain't me, I, well, either way it goes, they slapped the cuffs on her, and, well, that's when they brung her in, now, when they uh, brung her in, y'all know how that is, I'm going to uh, show the court file right here. Into seven news, formal murder charges and crime of violence against this woman, Isabella Guzman. She's accused of stabbing her mother 79 times. Seven News reporter Lance Hernandez live now. Lance, the filing of charges was actually delayed today because Guzman wouldn't leave her cell. Mike, she was due in court this morning, but court officials told us she didn't want to leave her jail cell at the Arapahoe County Detention Center. Isabella Guzman now facing first-degree murder charges. She was uh, charged with first-degree murder after stabbing her mom about 79 times in the face and neck at this house in Aurora. The 18-year-old smirked at the camera as she stood up and walked to the defense table this afternoon, her arms and legs shackled. After the judge read the complaint against her, she looked over, stared at the camera, and motioned to the area under each of her eyes with her index finger. Court documents indicate that Isabella Guzman had a contentious relationship with her mom, and that her mom was concerned enough that she call police on August 28th. They came to the house and told Isabella that her mom could kick her out for her behavior. It seemed to calm her down. But later that evening, after her mom went upstairs to take a shower, Guzman's stepdad heard a thump ran upstairs and saw blood oozing out from under the bathroom door. Court documents indicate that he later saw Guzman exit the bathroom with a knife in her hand, staring straight ahead and not saying a word. Now, we tried to contact Guzman's stepfather. He wasn't home, a cleaning crew telling us that he may never return to this house. We did find these two dumpsters, though, filled with stuffed animals, some jewelry, and other belongings. It's obvious that somebody didn't want this stuff in the house. By the way, Guzman due back in court next Friday in Aurora, Lance Hernandez. So, as soon as the trial began, her defense uh, came with automatic... Uh, guilty by definition of insanity. Now, the reason why her defense were doing this because of the behavior that Isabella Guzman was displaying the whole time uh, from beginning. Like, they just felt like, yo, this girl gotta have very severe mental illness. So, when they presented this, the first thing the court was like, all right, the judge, before we even proceed 
with this case. Let's get her evaluated. So she got evaluated. Uh, I don't. I'm quite sure she probably had to get evaluated from the defense doctors and the uh, prosecution doctors. And as soon as they got their uh, readings or or assessments on both sides. Everybody came to the agreement that this young lady suffered from paranoid schizophrenia and that the stuff that she suffered from was so severe that she did not have the acknowledgement of knowing right from wrong. But here's my thing about that. And don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the assessments. I know they're all professionals. But she ran away and she constructed a lie. Then she slept in a garage with her stolen mother's car. And when she got confronted, she still lied of who she was. I mean, I would you would think that if this was true, that she would uh, not be able to know and do all that stuff because usually when you tell somebody that you're you're confronted with that type of situation that you don't know right from wrong that usually you, you can't remember you know you you're, you 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 know you're not thinking of trying to hide like you're right there hey i'm here i did it that's me Come get, you know, you're not trying to blankly hide. So that's what was kind of interesting to me. Because usually prosecution, if they see you use that defense and you did anything to try to uh, cover up what you did, as in you tried to hide from the cops, you told a lie to someone about what was going on, they would automatically say, all right, that that's not reason for insanity but i don't know how colorado state of colorado works on that note but they uh all agreed so the verdict was rendered that isabella guzman would be sentenced to the colorado state uh, mental institution for treatment uh, until further notice. So that's what she was sentenced to. Now, since her sentence and since this all went down when she was sentenced in 2014, she's been in there for seven years. Now, around 2020, when everybody was going through the pandemic, they decided to allow her to move a little freely from the uh, mental institution that she's at right now. She has to wear an ankle monitor, but she can go to her therapy sessions and, you know, maintain her well-being. Now, she did an interview, and in this interview, she discusses uh how she 
uh, was feeling and what she was going through mentally upstairs. And it seems like to me she actually uh, had a little bit of remorse. Let's check out that. A Colorado woman who stabbed her mother 79 times inside their home in Aurora, killing her, won around in her bid for eventual freedom. Isabella Guzman was found not guilty by reason of insanity and has spent the past seven years at the state hospital in Pueblo. Last November, Guzman told CBS4 in a virtual interview she's on medication and has had her sanity restored. I was not myself when I did that. And... I have since been restored to full health. If I could change it or if I could take it back, I would. A judge has now ruled she can leave the state hospital for group therapy and other types of therapy. She will be required to wear a GPS tracker. Katie Johnston for CBSN Denver. So Isabella Guzman uh, now is saying that since she's been on this medication now that she's functioning better and hopefully she feels like that maybe in the future she will get out now i don't know the relationship she has with her stepfather i'm quite sure that since all this went down i don't think he's probably even uh you know talked with her now i quite sure her and her father are still close and tight but when i look at this case and they talk about the mental health aspect this is why as parents you have to get your children looked out you know looked after when things like this happen i think this could have all been avoided if her parents would have caught the early signs of her being so agitated and rebellious they could have pinpointed then i think they should have put her in therapy when it first started getting crazy and when you look back on the case and hear from everybody she never went to therapy uh they never did anything like that and i'm quite sure her mother uh probably was against it you know some people don't i mean that's just straight facts and it's sad because now a mother her mother is gone you know and now she has to carry that burden that she was crying for help and the whole time nobody didn't listen and it caused her to do something that she ultimately will always have to struggle with and deal with for the rest of her life now do i think that she needs to be out free after she proves that she could take care of herself uh it's hard man because on one hand you know she did it based upon the professional saying that she was not on the proper medication but then it makes you think okay when she gets out there in the real world will she be able to maintain that type of regiment so she don't never go off and do something like that again because it's easy to be in a secured environment like that mental hospital she's at they're going to make sure you take your meds they're going to make sure you're doing everything you're supposed to because it's a controlled area you know it's like a 
prison, but it's a hospital style like prison. So going back to the real world, being a functioning adult, that's going to be a challenge. I think it would be for her. I think that if she was to be let out, she should be always supervised. She should have like a caseworker, someone to make sure that she's doing what she's supposed to do because this is a tremendous crime she committed. And I think with that type of crime she committed, I think that she should be monitored for the rest of her life. Sorry. I mean, I don't think that she needs to be in a cell because of the mental health that was caused due to the negligence of her parents. But I don't think she need to be taken lightly to where she should just be foot fancy free and everybody be like, move on with your life. Have a great day. I think she should always be monitored and she should be checked upon to make sure that she don't commit something like this again. But either way it goes, guys, get in the comment section on this episode here on the YouTubes or on my podcast. Tell me what do y'all think? Do y'all think Isabella Guzman has a good chance of ever getting out uh, if she continue to uh, thrive on this medicine and continue to speak out about how remorseful she is about her actions? Do you think that she may have pulled the wool over everybody's eyes and really she planned to do this all along? Or last but not least, do you think that she should never get out and that she'll never be fully rehabilitated and that should be that tell me what y'all think again please like share subscribe y'all know to hit the donations as well on my podcast followers hit the donations if you're liking my work all you got to do is participate five dollar challenge in the cash app of dollar sign joel's j-o-e-l joel's news and views that's right joel's j-o-e-l-s news and views you can also participate and buy me a coffee that's always in my description links below or you can also uh participate when i go live on my joel's crime stories uh you can also participate that way and donate to my patreon uh also follow my second channel which is uh always up and running that is the uh joel davis media network with that being said have a great day